Hey guys, it's Chris from Tap the Craft, and I wanted to say thank you for checking out our show. I also wanted to tell you about our sponsor, Brewer Shirts. At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality. They screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Check out their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020 to receive 15% off of full-priced items. Welcome, craft beer friends, to Season 7, Episode 6 of Tap to Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce. I'm coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the dog whisperer, and my favorite Florida man and home brewer from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Chris McKenzie. How are you doing tonight, Chris? And of course, what is in your glass? Man, Denny, it was, I was so, so looking forward to getting on here, not only drinking beer, but just focusing attention on something else other than work today so i'm super excited to be here today uh i've got an awesome beer in my glass tonight from tampa beer uh i'm sorry tampa bay brewing company based out of west chase florida which is just west of the city of tampa Mm -hmm. and i'm drinking a crap what was it called the imperial blueberry cheesecake which is a Berliner style kind of beer, but it's imperial, so it's you know eight percent, I believe. Oh my gosh! Wow. Um, yeah. And it's it's got some. It's definitely got some. Um, definitely got some lactose in it. It, it. If it doesn't, it'd be surprising if it doesn't. Um, blueberry cheesecake. There it is. Uh, the imperial blueberry cheesecake. In the face. That's what I missed oh. out of it. The blue Imperial Blueberry Cheesecake in the face. Uh, big Imperial Berliners packed full of fresh blueberries and lactose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, balancing this pastry sour by giving it an ultra creamy mouthfeel. Lip smacking decadent flavors are definitely on par with a New York style classic dessert. Uh, I would agree with that. It's, mm. uh, it's pretty good. And we actually got this on tap or got it in a crowler. Shh, don't tell Megan I'm drinking it because it was for her, but I'm oh. drinking it because it's been in there since mid-August. And you know what? It's time to clear it out. <laughs> that, that was pretty much the lightest thing I had in the fridge. So Nice. Yeah. So so other than that, Denny, uh, what about you? How are you doing this evening and what is in your glass? Well, I am fantastic. And I was looking forward to recording with you all day because... I like talk, talking with you and I like drinking with you. And this is, uh, you know, our time to hang out and just have fun and educate our listeners on craft beer, which is always fun. And what is in my glass? I am drinking something local and there's a story behind this. So I'll first tell you what I'm drinking. Mother Earth Brewing, local beer here in the Ooh. Boise area. Uh, it's their Kismet IPA. And this is part of their, uh, they, they've had this before. It's been you know, on and off, like it's, it's a resin, uh, they call it the resin, the resonator, the mm-hmm. resonator, I guess is what it is. Like, it's like the rotating IPA 
series they had. And they're bringing this Resonator series to a close. And this is the last time that they're going to be brewing this kismet. They're retiring this, this formula. And this is one of my favorite IPAs from Mother Earth. And the reason why I grabbed, well, I guess there's a couple of reasons. One reason is because it is the last time they're going to be brewing it. So I want to get a six pack and enjoy it. That's mm-hmm. one. Second reason is because on the Brunomics podcast that I record that uh, released about a week ago, they had uh, an interview with Mother Earth, uh, the head brewer there at Mother Earth Brewing. And he, it was a, another really good, well done interview. I just love, I love their interviews and I love hearing the background and some inside information on breweries and, they didn't disappoint me with the Mother Earth one. There's a lot of good information in there. And they mentioned that with these rotator se- resonator series that they do actually change up the recipe, not only on this, but actually on a lot of their beers. They'll, they'll keep trying to make improvements to it. And in this case, they added some different hops to it to kind of step up the, the, the juicy profile. It's not a hazy. It's a regular IPA, but mm-hmm. it's got... Uh, I, I believe they said it has some Nelson Savant uh, hops, you know, from New, New Zealand. And it also has some Idaho 7 and some other hops mixed in there. So it it gives you a really tropical, uh, you know, papaya, a little bit of mango a fruit character in there. But mm-hmm. they also have a dank, a dankness to it. So it's got a little dankness to it with those flavors. And... Um, it's really good. A little bit, a little bit heavy, a little bit thicker uh, than than normal. You, you know, maybe a normal IPA, but it's it's a little bit heavier. And uh, there was one more thing I was going to say about it. Dan- I said dank, um, a little bit sticky, dank and sticky. Uh, oh, I was going to say maybe a little resin resinous too. A little bit of resinous too. So it's a, it's a it's a pretty complex IPA, but it's not hazy and it's not that type of style. It's just a regular good old Northwest IPA style with some tropical hop flavors and dankness to it. And I'm really enjoying it. I got two of these tonight. I say, I saved my two beers for the show. So I just popped one open now. So I'm just starting to sip on this thing and it's going to carry me on through the, the, uh, well, at least halfway through the show before I drink my next one. It's 7.3% alcohol too. So it's a little bit higher on ABV, almost into the Imperial IPA range. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm drinking. So I'm pretty excited. I'm I'm sad they're gonna retire this this beer because I do enjoy it. I do get it when I see it come into town, or not in town. When I see it come onto the shelf, <laughs> it's, it's already in town. When I see it available, I always pick up a six pack when I first see it because I, it's a it's a very tasty IPA. All right, so um, let's get the show going, Chris. But before we do that, I always like to let any new listener to the show know what Tap to Craft podcast is all about. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to assist our listeners along in your craft beer journeys and adventures. And you're listening to episode 162. We're recording on Monday, October 5th, 2020. And in this episode, we are going to go into a discussion about what is world-class beer or what makes a beer brewer or brewery world class? Mm-hmm. And uh, I know, I, I, as we mentioned, Chris, you and I were chatting before we got started recording. And uh, this is an interesting topic for me because I really have never thought of 
uh, you know, of any beer or brewery or anything as being world-class. I've never thought that, you know, kind of big. I always kind of uh, bring it down into my own little world. And so I, I, you know, I'm thinking about what breweries and beers that I just really enjoy. And I kind of have always focused on that. But there was an article that we'll be talking about during this topic that brought out some uh, some energy in the Boise area about the words the words world class and that you know what 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 do you mean we don't have world class beer here already type thing and so I thought it was interesting and I thought this might be a fun topic for us to kind of talk about and find out if we think there is really world class beer or a world class brewer or brewery. Okay. Yeah. As as well as you know, Chris, you and I are going to have some great conversation along the way. So let's go ahead and, and get this conversation started. Right before we started, uh, we, we had a, a little bit of listener feedback. So I'm going to start with that today. We're going to go off track here. And we had some feedback from Mr. Mike Allen. He left us a message on our Facebook page. So Chris, you want to read the, I, I have that down here if you... Sure do. Okay. Um, so, hey, uh, Mike writes to us. Jeez. <coughs> oh, uh, <laughs> so Mike writes, hey, guys, on vacation for a few days. Had to change my plans due to most of New England having travel restrictions in place. No Trillium, Treehouse, Hill Farmstead for me this week. But I am going to be passing through Ohio. And if all goes according to plan, I'm going to pop in the trek on Wednesday about the time that they open. Anyway, cheers and good luck with the show tonight. Yeah, yeah. So this is great. I'm glad that people are still, you know, attempting to do their beercations. Mm -hmm. um, I just think, man, this is the reason why I just don't want to think about beercations right now because you go and spend that time and money and guess what? Those breweries aren't going to be open or they're going to have restricted times or only do curbside or to-go orders. Uh, we, you know, we had another message from uh, Jim Cudzel mentioned that uh, they just went up north to, to new, you know, up in that same area that Mike's going to. Mm -hmm. And uh, all the breweries, they, they were there at the beginning of the week. So he said that all the, uh, the breweries were pretty much closed except for Treehouse. Mm -hmm. And Treehouse wasn't open for the public. They were only open for takeout beer. And the line was still 30 minutes plus long and he said you know what i'm not waiting 30 minutes for nothing so he just drove on to a you know to a, another spot to to grab some beer in fact he said they went ahead and and uh, stopped in in uh, pennsylvania and uh, stopped at one of their favorite breweries there and, and got to enjoy some beers because those guys in new england man they don't want to you know open up for for beer cationers yeah, and that's that's what I was talking to you about before the beginning of the show is that Megan and our friend Tina, they, they're supposed to be having a girls trip to go to Salem in a couple mm -hmm. of weeks. And man, I, I've I've been back and forth with uh, you know, different different folks in and out of that area. So I'm I'm currently messaging back and forth with uh with uh, a sit mean sit person who mm -hmm. lives in who lives in Massachusetts, but she owns the location in Rhode Island and uh yeah, I'm trying to get some information from her as well. So from what I'm understanding, it's the uh, lodging that's going to make you quarantine. Oh, not necessarily, not necessarily the traveling. Okay. Uh, she said that she's had friends that have gone to Florida several, several times in the last few months that live in Massachusetts and they've had no problems mm -hmm. um, 
she said just check with the uh the rental place where you'd be staying so okay and she, and she says governor baker is a pansy so. <laughs> <laughs> all right so for all our Massachusetts listeners, I'm sorry if I have offended you, but it's a fancy <laughs> so, yeah, we'll go from there. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Mike, for, for uh, writing us that little message and have fun on your, on your vacation and try to, you know, try to, you know, get as much beer as you can. And of course, stop in the Trek. They are open. And I think John would really enjoy, uh, make sure you mention, you know, look up John and make sure you mention, Hey, that you are tap to crash tap the craft listener and uh, maybe he'll give you a little uh you know private tour of the facilities you know special benefit of being one of our one of our listeners yeah denny uh, don't they still have your credit card on file yeah they might they might yeah Yeah, i i well i was buying people that had beer you know beer when we had that meetup but uh since i'm not there Mm -hmm. and and you know now people that are coming in after that fact uh they got to wait for me to come back to Trek and then come back. Then I'll buy them a beer. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, just have them send me a, a link on Venmo. I'll buy you a beer, Mike. Okay. There we go. There we go. All right. Well, you know what? This episode is brought to you in part by our satisfied Patreon supporters like Tom Byrne, Jeff Seiler, Johan Halberg, Tara Carlson, Chad LaMassa, and Mark Church. If you enjoy the content that we provide, we invite you to support the show by toasting your host, or even buying us a virtual beer. You can explore the options on our support page by visiting patreon.com slash tap the craft. And just a reminder, we have a new website up and running at tap with links to all of our episodes broken down by seasons for easy browsing. This is only the start of what has come. So visit often and see the changes. We also added a YouTube channel where we will be periodically posting video content. The link can be found on our website under the video section. Once we get, I think 50 subscribers, we can then apply for our custom URL. So go to our YouTube page and subscribe and like, and I should be releasing my very first video like the new video that you guys haven't seen before this week. So you should go check out the link on our, on our website and go uh, subscribe to our YouTube page. We already have six subscribers. I'm so excited. We have six people that are waiting to see our video content. And if you'd like to contact the show with your comments, questions, uh, you can reach us through email at tap at gmail.com or on Twitter or Instagram. Just follow us at tap to craft. And of course, We've got our Facebook page at facebook.com slash tap to craft and our very own website. So check and it Instagram. out. Don't forget Instagram too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Instagram. Don't forget the Instagram. Yeah. We're all, everything's at tap the craft. That's right. All right, Chris, let's continue the conversation because now it's time to untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking according to untapped. So are you ready for this? I am. I'm still scrolling okay there's the bottom of it there's the 24 hour cutoff uh that that i've been looking for because i've gone through clicking the uh see more button like four times oh my now. gosh so so we're gonna have to sort through okay uh, just do the highlights yeah, yeah so we're gonna get we're gonna get into the highlights like the first one uh from jerry hulk 
21 hours ago. He's drinking a Black is Beautiful by Three Floyds Brewing Company. Uh, I gave it four and a half caps, and he writes, This hoppy stout is a winner and great representative for Black is Beautiful. Mm. Now, Denny, have you got to try any of the Black is Beautiful? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just I think I've had two or three of them. Me too. Um, yeah. and, and they've all been really good. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's I, kind of a cool process. Yeah, yeah. I, I've had two or three, I think three, and they've been different styles too, which is nice. Two of them, I, two of them were stouts, imperial stouts or stouts, and the one from Mad Swede, which I got a whole, I, I got a, uh, let's see, I got a, uh, a, a glass at the, at the brewery, and then I filled my my whole sixty four ounce uh, growler full of it too. Oh wow. So um, that was tough because it was a black IPA that was, you know, I think it was reaching close to 8%. I, you know, I, um, and I'm having trouble today, ABV. <laughs> and uh, I drank two glasses the, the night, the, the one night, and I saved two glasses for the next night. And, you know, with growlers, it's tough because once you pop that lid and you start drinking, yeah. uh, it starts to go a little bit on the flat side. Luckily, I, w- I got through the last two glasses without it you know with having enough bubbles that made it enjoyable it wasn't it was it didn't lose too much of the bubbles but yeah yeah, i'm not i need to have uh for places that don't have crowlers that that do 32 ounce crowlers i need to go and purchase a 32 ounce growler so that i can just have you know two cups i two glasses are just what i need of a beer i don't need to drink four you know four glasses four pints that's just too much for me Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, well now you know I am restricted on my my beers per night, so uh, there's no way I'm going to drink four in one night. So I got to stick with uh, two. So I think I need to find a good quality 32 ounce uh, growler to to go and take and when I want to take stuff home. Yeah, and that that you're right because putting 64 ounces down like this uh, this growler that I'm finishing up, I mean it's it's quite an undertaking of 32 ounces of. Of a big beer, yeah, yeah. Imperial uh, Blinder Weiss. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it's, uh, it's definitely it's slightly tart, but not really super sweet. But it's uh, definitely fruity. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that thirty-two ounce option is is really awesome. Um, that's uh, yeah, but I don't know where I was going with that. Okay, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, back on to checking into beers. Tom Byrne has been extremely busy on the oh. check-in side. Now, Tom, I'm not going to read uh, all of yours. Uh, I'm going to hit on the highlights, like Denny said. Uh, first was the, uh, let's see, on the highlight list, head, uh, head Full of Fresh Hops, the 2020 version from Fremont Brewing, four and a quarter caps for that beer. Um, next on the list is from Edge Brewing. It's their Edge 6th Anniversary Ale. Pretty mm. dang good. Manage the battle barrel pretty well was nervous it would be a little much gave it four caps on that beer mm-hmm. um let's see side project brewing larouche blend number three uh so good love their reverence for farmhouse ales but i could also chug this out of can <laughs> <laughs> prove it yeah um let's see he's getting a little, something in there from revolution brewing and then next on the list is well, I don't have any notes or ratings on anything on this. Norman Taylor drinking an Intra Oktoberfest by Intra Coastal Brewing Company at Intra Coastal Brewing Company. That sounds very Florida-like. Um, as far as intra, yep, Melbourne, Florida. Um, 
So getting in some Oktoberfests. Have you you've had some Oktoberfests yeah. already this year, haven't you? Yep. I um I, I started off my first Oktoberfest this year was a six pack of Sierra Nevada's Oktoberfest. Now Ooh. I was disappointed. Because you know how every year they do the collaboration with a German brewery and, and that beer yeah. is like usually really good and I just drink a lot of it. Well, this year they didn't do the collaboration. Uh, they did their own version of the Oktoberfest. And I'll tell you what, it was definitely lacking. Um, I, I did not enjoy it. I drank, uh, in fact, I think I drank two... Three, three of them. I, I, I bought it when I was in Pocatello with Haley. I think I drank two or three of them and I left the rest for her to finish. So <laughs> yeah, that, that says a lot right there. <laughs> but yeah, I've had some other Oktoberfests that I, I love Oktoberfest. I love Martins. I love, I love, uh, lagers. And so when, when they come out, I go and try them and, and I really enjoy them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do too. I think I've had, I think I've only had one of them so far as far as Oktoberfest go, but Oh yeah, I did the other day at a uh, corporate ladder. Um, but yeah, it's uh, definitely one of my favorite beers, especially when it starts getting the fall. Mm-hmm. So we had a check-in from Norman Taylor and also from Georgiana Taylor. Um, she's drinking a Dragon Point IPA by Intercoastal Brewing Company. Very clean and refreshing. Just enough, excuse me, just enough bitter today. I was very clean and refreshing. Just enough <laughs> bitter today. I was here. And I was even tagged in this check-in. I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know where that's going. She gave, she gave it four and a half caps. It must have been very clean and refreshing. Just yeah. enough bitter today. I was here. <laughs> I don't. Am I missing something? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. All right. Um, Johan Halberg is drinking a Master Martin's Oktoberfest by introvert brewing company that's his yeah um after filling 20 large bottles of this quote special edition martin i deserve a glass myself shame it's not much left in the keg because i really enjoyed this one oh. now i'm glad to hear the beer was good but what's the rating look like johan it's a five on, it's his beer they're always oh, five geez. yeah if, if there's no <laughs> no rating it's just default five <laughs> i think uh, maybe he might he might do a first check-in where he you know, where he doesn't rate it and then he comes back to it and rates it, you know, on, on the next couple check-ins. Yeah. I, I've seen that before. Unless it's like a super superb one and he just rates it a five right away. Yeah. Um, let's see. Next on the list. All right. I'm glad to see this one kind of making the list. I know this is going to be a little controversial. John C. is drinking a cold brew coffee pumpkin by Southern Tier Brewing Company. Mm. And he writes, pumpkin pie with big vanilla and spice and a good coffee kick. Four and a quarter caps for that beer. And I agree with him. I did like that one. Um, Jeff Seiler is drinking a Culture Keepers Fest beer. See, it's Oktoberfest time. I love this. Uh, By Burial Beer Company. Drinking it out of a B cup, as he should be. And it says, it's Oktoberfest time. Super tasty fest beer from Burial. Malty and crushable will pair with some brats on the grill. That sounds pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um, Four and a quarter caps uh, on that beer. And scrolling on up, we got to get one in from Mike Allen. Okay. 
He's got the uh, the Jolly Scott Scottish Ale by Appalachian Brewing Company at Appalachian Brewing Company. Um, gave it one four caps, and he said, nice example of the weaker of the Scottish styles. The Scots are not weak, Mike. Um, plus, <laughs> always great to have a cold one after a long hike. Appalachian Brewing Company is based in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. I'm sorry, Gettysburg, because somebody will call me out on that one. It's Gettysburg. Um, next on the list, continuing his check-in streak, Mr. Chad Lamasa, check drinking in a "You Don't Know Jack" by Maryland Beer Company. Hmm. Chad, I also got some beer coming to me called "That's What Maryland Does" <laughs> in the next couple of days. Nice. I'm really interested in getting that one. Um, anyway, uh, the "You Don't Know Jack" by Maryland Beer Company. Fun artwork on the can, and I agree with him. Pretty much all the spices you expect. Not overly sweet, though, which is nice. Four cap rating on that beer. And scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Kyle Lilly is drinking the Pastryarchy Dipped Pretzel by Duclaw Brewing Company. Four and a half caps on that beer. I think I have one of those in my fridge. Oh, Go but, Megan, but Megan bought it, and I'm hesitant to buy those things. So <laughs> don't let it blow up. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's in the fridge, and I, I, I'm gonna. You and I are gonna have a quick conversation in a little bit about some beers that I got from Corporate Ladder too. Okay, um, because talking about don't let them blow up. Yeah, um, I checked <laughs> for beer. Let's see. Uh, Jeff Seiler again, Lips and Lungs by Short Throw Brewing Company. Uh, and he writes, lovely little hazy double IPA, dank and tropical, citra and strata hops, yummy. My first beer from Short Throw Brewing, solid four and a quarter caps for that beer. Uh, Florida Steve is next on the list. Uh, Fresh Coconut by Civil Society Brewing. Very pronounced tropical coconut note. Then citrus notes take over in the finish. Not bad, but not my favorite variant of fresh and fresh. Mm, that that's one of those beers that you go looking for. Mm. Uh, that's a fantastic beer by Civil Society um, down in Southern Florida. Civil Society is just outside of uh, Miami, I believe, in Jupiter, Florida. And next, let's see. This is always a classic beer checked in by Leon Nault and Stephen Brown. They're drinking a Ghost in the Machine by Parish Brewing Company. Mm. Uh, let's see. Leon gave it four caps and Stephen gave it four and a half caps. Um, that's a big beer uh, in this area. It's a New England style IPA that I know a lot of people have been singing the praises of. But Denny, I, I got it based on someone's hype. And it was just an IPA. Oh. I, I mean, I get, it was good, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I had, uh, I was in, um, I was in a bottle shop. It was a couple of months ago, and the guy goes, "Look, put down every IPA you have. Buy this one right here." Really? And it wasn't and went, that great. <laughs> and I went, "Okay, look, I'll just buy a bottle of it, and I'll keep everything else that I have in yeah. my hand." But I'll yeah. just buy it. And I got home, and I went, "Eh, it's all right." Yeah, but. But anyway, um, moving on up to Craft Beer Joe. He's drinking a Twilight Train by Perrin Brewing Company. Four and a quarter caps for that beer. Um, There's a check-in from me. Nobody cares about that one. Um, Let's see. I'm going to read this one because this one was 
kind of bad. Florida Steve drinking a chai milk stout. That's where you fail. Oh, right there. yeah. Not, you know, not doing that. <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll admit like chai tea. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, in beer, though, I don't. I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, it's by Spice Trade Brewing Company, and he writes. He gave it a two and a quarter cap rating. Spicy and bitter. Not used to a milk stout with these flavor notes. Finishes <laughs> with a slight metal taste. <laughs> nah. That's a chai. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Look, I mean, I, I wish. Uh, I, I'm. I gotta say, I'm, I'm glad you guys try all these things. And you and you do it for the beer, you really do, because mm-hmm. it's uh, it's definitely one of those things where look, you gotta give it a shot. Yeah, and uh, that's what everybody's drinking. Daddy. Oh wow, that was good. You did a good job of uh, truncating that. That was good. That yeah. was a lot. Oh man, that was a lot, and that was a lot of variety too. I mean, everything from a chai milk stout to <laughs> you know to uh, IPAs and and. Uh, Big pastry stouts and lagers, Oktoberfest, a lot of stuff there. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad to see everyone's drinking a variety. Well, That's... I mean, we're getting into stout season too. I mean, got a yeah. little bit of everything. It's we're always st- it's always stout season for me. I'm I drink them all year round. Mm-hmm. I'm a big same fan. here, yeah. especially when I'm talking to you. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I was gonna say something. I forgot that it's. I'm glad you finally broke the mold, and you you stopped drinking big giant cigar city beers i had to yeah i really did i had to just because the next day i always felt like shit afterwards <laughs> i really did I, I i i would be just absolutely hammered drunk when i'd get done talking with you <laughs> i'd wander downstairs and be like okay let's go to bed uh, you, you know, you're supposed to chug two glasses of water and then go to bed oh, i did okay. yeah i have uh so we have we normally have these like um like these 30 ounce insulated tumblers that we we basically carry everywhere they're mm-hmm. always full of water mm-hmm. um and uh and man it was just it was rough the next day yeah it it was always rough the next day and i'm going look you've done this how many times now you you figure you learn yeah um and fortunately i have to say the the beers that are coming out in the uh el catador club this round are not just adjunct stout barrel aged bombs like uh they had um our second bottle has been released and oh, excuse me. And it is, Oh man, I can't remember what it was, but the first one was called like cheer wine or chair, something like that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was, but it, they're not, I'm just happy that they're not just all stout, 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 yeah. stout. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's, uh, man, they are, they've been some really, I'm trying to look up this page while I'm sitting here stalling with you mm-hmm. uh, of what, what is in there. And let's see. So, da, 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 da. Come on. Where's the picture of the bottle? I'm excited for barley wine season to come. It's coming. And that's what the first one was. Wait, this is an old page. <laughs> After all that, it's not even a new page. <laughs> but uh, oh, That's right. It was a group. That's what I wanted to be in. That one. There it is. Um, so the first one was was called, come on. Oh, and my glass that that, that I'm going to be getting when I pick it all up, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to give it away. 
I don't, I don't need another glass because all it says is El Catador Club presents edition. What's that? XII. So what's that? 12? Yeah. No, that's 20. X, oh, XII. Yeah. 12. Yeah. yeah. Um, come on, man. You're going to okay, give it, you're going to give it away to, uh, I don't know. Whoever wants it can have it. Well, I, well I, we can do, we'll, we'll give it away to our, uh, for our, uh, Patreon, uh, supporter uh, giveaway. Okay. I'll cover that. Yeah, yeah. So, if anyone, uh, at, at every three months, if you are a Patreon supporter, you'll be put in for a drawing of a special gift that only our Patreon supporters will be eligible for. So, uh, Chris is going to supply the glass. It's going to be a special limited edition 12th anniversary El Catador Club. So, class. Is it is it a, a snifter or a, a tulip? It's a, it's kind of a mix of both. Now it's, it's definitely snifter, but it could also be considered a tulip as well. Okay. So it's, um, it's special. It is special, right? But you know, I got to say, I'm kind of uh, annoyed that I can't find the information. (laughs) I can tell you the first one was like a barley wine kind of, kind of style ale. Yeah. Um, which I I'm, absolutely just excited about because normally those get to be just just really good they get them nice and dialed in right Mm -hmm. and um i'm just i'm just happy to be able to to get into these and when they do them this way where it's like it's not just all these over the top just 14 15 percent barrel aged bombs and it's like oh my gosh how do you finish all those um it's I, I'm really just looking forward to it because let's see, here's the here's one of them. So okay, so the first one that they released was a barley wine, yeah, barley wine style. The second one they released was a wheat wine. Oh, nice! That's that's powerful right there. Those wheat wines yeah. are strong. And this one specifically, Denny, the label art that they put on these. Uh, I mean, the only way to kind of kind of explain it is to text you a picture of it. Okay. But well, you know what? Know you can you can. Um... You might want to do your own little video, uh, you know, special, short, mm. a Taps of Craft video short is what we're calling them, uh, of these uh, El Calador Club labels and beers. Maybe we can do a little thing uh, where we can kind of show these off to our listeners. Well, I've also, uh, I remember we talked last episode about um, getting back into Tavor. Yeah, yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. So I've I've texted you a couple of of labels where I went, okay, I had to buy it just based on the <laughs> label art. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've done lately with with beers that I've just I've looked at the label and I've gone, man, that that is really just a cool label. Um, I wish you could kind of eat, almost immortalize it in some form or fashion. Like, how do you keep that and remember it and enjoy it as some kind of beer swag? Well, I bought some eight and a half by 12 sheets of a sticky sided magnet. Mm -hmm. So I took the label off of like a couple of cans and Mm -hmm. stuck them on a magnet. Now they're on my beer fridge. There you go. That works. I think we'll be doing that with some all, uh, with some other things too. Sounds good. All right, Chris. Well, let's move into the brew buzz and a brew buzz is devoted to discussing various beer related topics. And like I mentioned this week, we're going to discuss what, is world-class beer or what makes a beer brewer or brewery world-class. Now, I hinted that 
Um, this kind of came to me because of an article that was written uh, locally in the Idaho Statesman Journal, Idaho Statesman newspaper. <laughs> I don't even know what my newspaper is <laughs> called. Idaho Statesman, I guess we'll call it. And the article is titled Idaho's First World Class Brewery Says It's Coming, Boise, or It's Coming, Boise, and Sky's the Limit. It was written by Michael Deeds. He is our, he is our beer writer little uh you know editorial writer guy he doesn't you know i i follow him on twitter and facebook and such because he's always uh, especially when times are good releasing weekly updates on beer and stuff in in his uh in his uh, article or column or whatever he has uh the deeds hmm. uh and so this was this one was posted on september 29th so it was only if you know a few days ago that this was recorded and uh, so what I want to do is I want to go ahead and read the article. And as I read it, I'll explain, you know, because, again, this is a local, this is kind of a local Boise uh, thing. So I'll go ahead and explain a little bit of the uh, of the stuff. And then uh, I'll talk about, you know, what, you know, what, what kind of happened here. So I'll go ahead and start it off. And then, Chris, you can, we'll just trade back and forth as sure. we go through the article. All right. So the article begins. After opening in 2018, Western Collective established itself as a fast favorite among Boise beer drinkers. But the brewery in Garden City plans to be more than a popular taproom. It's gunning to create elite caliber beer on a global level, it says. Western Collective recently overhauled its brewing staff. As a result, the groundwork for Idaho's first world-class brewery has been laid, and the sky's the limit, Western Collective said in a press release. Changes include an entirely new brewing team consisting of Kyle Manns, Matt Bryant, Kerry Bloxham, and Marco Montero. That plans to make a leap to craft beer's best beer in Boise. With decades of experience and awards between them, the expectation will be set much higher for the Treasure Valley and Idaho. The intention, owner Kerry Pruitt said, is to make Western Collective capable of competing on quality and innovation with any program around the world. So, as you've already kind of heard, there's a lot of mention of world-class and, uh, you know, creating beers that uh, are innovative and have a high quality that would be deemed uh, a higher caliber around the world. So, this is kind of a, you know, trying to step up, you know, the breweries, the brewery, the Western Collective came in and uh, they were they took over the old Payette Brewery. And the first thing that happened is they'd made a total different vibe than what it was before. And this is like aimed for the, you know, the young hipster 20 something crowd, that, you know, that are that want to come and and have some fun. And and it was, you know, more to the younger crowd. And their beer was. When it was introduced, they had, for me, it was hit or miss. Like some of them were like really good. And some of them were like, yeah, it's okay. Uh, you know, it was, wasn't like strong across the board. It was like one, you know, one time I'd be really excited, like, wow, that's really good. And then something else would be, that's, you know, not hitting the spot. And so I think, you know, they decided that they wanted to go ahead and try to uh, raise themselves up from the other good breweries that are around the area. And you know, to do that, what do you have to do, right? You have to bring in talent, and guess what? Uh, we're going to find out that uh, that the talent they brought in 
is some something special that has opportunity to truly make some really good beer. So Chris, why don't you continue on? So Manns, the director of brewing, will be a familiar name to the West Coast beer geeks, known for his work at Orange County, California breweries, Taps, and Bottle Logic. He has earned dozens of awards at the Great American Beer Festival. Those honors include two-time Small Brewer of the Year and more than 30 medals. Holy cow. Uh, In the past decade at GABF, Manns racked up eight gold, 12 silver, and eight bronze medals, Pruitt said. So he makes some okay beer. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Jeez. All right, getting Kyle on board is not just a huge win for us, but for beer in Boise, Pruitt said. Other members of Western Collective's newly hired team have extensive brewing experience and a stack of North American beer awards. Bloxham's resume in the Treasure Valley includes Mother Earth, Edge, and Table Rock. Bryant's includes Country Line and Boise Brewing. The brewers are revamping Western Collective recipes and overhauling the beer program. By the end of September, regulars should begin to notice differences. A noob double IPA called All Signs Point West will be released on October 2nd. Yeah. Well, so it's, it's already been released. And I've, uh, I've seen some postings uh, here locally of people really enjoying it. In fact, uh, Tom Byrne, uh, he had uh, a beer that I wasn't all too impressed with when they first released it called Peekaboo something. It was an IPA. It was supposed to be a hazy IPA. And... Uh, there was no haze at all to it the first time they brewed it. I mean, it was like, how are you going to call this a hazy IPA when there's no haziness and there's no juiciness to it? It was like a, a West Coast IPA uh, in a hazy uh, name. Um, but I did see the beer that Tom posted, the, the the redo of it, and it was hazy. And he said it was a really a standout beer. Uh, so it looks like they're putting some, you know, some... Uh, they're backing up their words, right? And they're actually mm-hmm. revamping these recipes. And now the problem is, do you revamp recipes that people already have experience with? Like, do you keep the name the same or should you change the name? I think you should change the name. If you have a beer that has that other people have already are, you know, people like myself have already have negative connotations to, if I don't know if that beer recipe has changed, I'm not going to try it again. If I didn't like it the first time. So it it almost seems like a mistake to revamp these recipes and keep the same name. I I think it would have been better to revamp the recipes and then change the name in some way, whether it's a 2.0 or a, you know some something that says it's been redone and not the same beer because a lot of people aren't going to go back and try something they didn't like. I'm not typically. I will try the Peekaboo one because you know, I saw Tom Byrne and he, if, if he wouldn't have mentioned that that beer is like the first beer that was revamped, I wouldn't have mm-hmm. known and I wouldn't try it. Right. I'm not going to go and, and try it again if I didn't really like it the first time. What do you think, Chris? Would do you think they should keep the same names or did they change them? Uh, and that's tough to say because I, I'm sitting here immediately when you started reading your first section, I went, well, wait, what happened to all the rest of the guys? <laughs> Yeah, what did happen to the rest of the guys? Right? Did they? Did they just? <laughs> were they just? Because it, it said that it where where to go. Um, we were just reading it. Uh, basically, just, from what I from what I'm reading, 
it just said they basically canned everybody else and just brought this whole new team on. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. It recently okay, so it recently overhauled its brewing staff. Now, as someone who just throws some uh some malt extract into a pot of boiling water, that's the extent of my brewing mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know what that means when you say your brewing staff yeah. has been uh overhauled. Is that like what four guys like they just they fired the four or five guys that i think they why well, I, I think they only had it's a small it's a small brewery uh small brew system i they may have only had one or two brewers uh, and i don't know who was brewing before and they may still be there they may not all these the people they brought on are going to be actually doing the work right you know carrie Carrie is that uh, is that lady that was at Edge Brewing that had that boil over mm-hmm. and got burned yeah. and was out of commission was out of work for a year mm-hmm. and then when she came back she went to work for Mother Earth and she wasn't at the time she went to there she was going to work in the lab um, she wasn't necessarily going to you know I don't know if she did go back and work in the brewery eventually but you know a, a, you know when she went back she was going to be a, doing lab work um, so. I don't know if she's coming to, if, if part of her brewing is not necessarily brewing, but more of quality control and lab work, uh, you know, so, so maybe not all these, you know, one's the director of brewing, which is going to basically, you know, Mans, who is the guy that's won all these medals, he's going to be guiding the recipes and the brewers on, on the process of how to brew and these masterpieces, right? You know, he may not be actually doing the work. He's just going to be the well, the conductor, right? He's conducting mm-hmm. the whole brewing process, the director of brewing. The other guys are, you know, going to be doing the brewing and, and being the support staff. And maybe the other brewers over there are going to be learning. Are going to be learning <laughs> from these guys. So I, I wonder if they kept the same brewing staff. They just added these people. And now it's going to be a big training thing, right? Because... You know, you bring these these people in, and the best thing they can do is be mentors to the underbrewers and get mm-hmm. them to be as good as they are, so that that they can continue to just you know go crazy and and brew great beer. So, all right. So, uh, let's, I'll go ahead and continue here. Next year, Western Collective also plans to open a new downtown Boise restaurant, bar, entertainment center, and music venue in the former Old Spaghetti Factory building. On uh, at this location on Iowa Street, oh, uh, you guys lost your spaghetti factory too. Yeah, we lost that thing like ten years uh, ago. That's yeah. ten years too soon. Yeah, and I <laughs> I actually like going to the old spaghetti factory. I I yeah. did enjoy it, and it we had a- one in in uh, in Akron, which I don't know if it's still there or not. But uh, we had one there. We had one in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That uh, anytime Megan's parents came into town, whether it was in Pittsburgh or Akron, it seems like we always went there. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was good. I I enjoyed it. It was right next to uh, to Bardenay, which is another great little uh, local eclectic. Uh, it's a distillery, brewery. Well, I guess it's, they brew too. I don't even know if they brew. It's a distillery with beer. It's like a, it's they do their own, their own uh, spirits, and then they bring in local beers and they do like eclectic, you know, foods, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, but that's yeah. So I enjoy I enjoy that area. So it's nice that that. That's a good spot to be in. Um, I like that that location. Uh, they said originally planned for this spring. Uh, it's the ten thousand five hundred square foot project was delayed because of the coronavirus pandemic. 
no shock there. No. All right. Pruitt said the new goal is open by May 2021. But for now, the main priority is to raise the beer bar at Western Collective's Garden City location. <laughs> I like Some that. Double entendre there. I, that's what I was going to say. That like totally like just blew my my head, right? So short people, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't go to the bar at Western Collective. Because <laughs> they're raising the beer bar. <laughs> oh, it says... Uh, we are at an exciting crossroads for Western Collective, man said in the release. Whether that is buying those truly or whether that is buying those trusty Western Collective products at your grocery store or the small batch specialty releases in a tap room, you know you're going to have the highest quality products possible. I'm excited for the path of growth that Western Collective has been on and will continue with. Okay, so now the next part, Chris, I'm going to have you read. I need to give you a little bit of a uh, um, background. So there's a Facebook group called Boise Beer Enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. And there's also, there's two, two, Boise Beer Enthusiasts and, I, and also the Boise Beer Buddies group. I think it was the Boise Beer Enthusiasts that, that posted the article from Michael Deeds. And, uh, and in that, art, you know, they posted the article on the Facebook page. There's some comments that, that happened. And one of the comments was something in the, in the general idea was, hey, I don't need these people coming in. I, or I'm tired of people coming in and telling them that we can, you know, that we can do something better for you. Uh, you know, we already have world-class beer in Boise. That was mm. a, something like that was a comment. And of course, you know, I'm just like, when I read the comment, I'm like, well, what makes you think we have world-class beer in Boise? I said, we, my opinion is, we have some good beer in Boise and we have some good breweries that can, can win awards. And it's and I'm happy with the, you know, with being able to, to have some good beer here. Right. Because there's some mm-hmm. towns that don't have good beer. And, but I, I don't, you know, when I read that, I said, wow, that's crazy that someone would say world-class because, you know, when I start to think about how I would rate a world-class beer, um, guess what? Uh, there's no Boise brewery in that you know or in my area that I would say uh, has that title that they are producing beer that would be respected in the world. Um, well, I'd have to I'd have to uh, go on the complete opposite side of that. And what makes you think you don't have world class beer in Boise? Well, we're going to talk about that when we talk <laughs> about what makes world class beer. So, all right, this response <clears throat> this is a response that. The owner, Carrie Pruitt, responded to that uh, Facebook post. Okay. So it. like, yeah. So like Denny said, owner Carrie Pruitt responds to a commenter on the Boise Beer Enthusiast Facebook group with the following. As a whole, our town is not on a level of many cities that surround us for quality. I know that's BS already. <laughs> that, was, that was just my little tangent uh, that... It's not on the level of many cities that surround us for quality. The beers discussed regularly in this group is evidence of that. It is my goal not to just get our brewery on the next level, but to have Idaho beer respected for being world-class as a whole. 
I'm going to finish reading this and then mm-hmm. I'm going to. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> In order to start that conversation, we have to put out our own intentions and do so in a way that people and press will listen. We have all the materials and talent here to compete with Seattle, Portland, Ben, San Diego, Austin, etc. I apologize if you don't like my use of language to set intentions or how I got into beer and want to make fun of it, but I will not apologize for working hard to bring a new commitment to quality and building a team focused on that. We are absolutely not looking to be saviors, but to show that we are setting our own standards for ourselves at World Class Beer and that we expect the local community to hold us and measure us to that commitment and standard. So I, Denny, I read this and, and like I asked you before, it was Mm -hmm. like, well, what, what makes you think that you don't have world-class beer there? And I, and I immediately take it from this guy, Carrie Pruitt going, Hey, you know, we're not on that level. Mm -hmm. The beers regularly discussed in this group is evidence of that. Um, Screw you, man. <laughs> Seriously? I mean, you're going to go and talk. I mean, I don't know how many breweries you guys have in the state of Idaho in itself, but even in Boise alone, I know of at least a handful, at least 10. Okay, at least five. Okay. No, no, we have, yeah, we have close to 20 in our, in Boise. Yeah. Area. And I've had beer from a handful of them, yeah. even all the way down here in Florida. I've been fortunate enough to have some of them. So, Basically, I I look at that and I go, okay, well, if you're going to put out kind of a press release and comments like that, you're basically saying, hey, the and this is what I this is what I look at it. The rest of the the breweries, you guys just don't can't hold a candle to us. <laughs> well, not, I, not not yet is what he's saying. Not yet, okay. I, yeah. So so I do I agree with you on his the you know his coming out with this type of statement is kind of demeaning to some of the breweries that are doing I would agree. a fine job. And, but again, I never thought of beer as world-class, right? So this is kind of new to me as, as putting you up on this big pedestal of being world renowned uh, brewery or beers. Um, I mean, there are some breweries in our area that consistently put out good product. Uh, and are innovating and are doing some great things. And there, and there are some breweries like in every community that aren't, uh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they're up and down between batches and they can't be consistent. And maybe they just put out beer that just plain tastes nasty and they don't care. I mean, those won't last, right? They're, eventually they're mm-hmm. going to wear, I mean, I'm surprised they're lasting as long as they are, but eventually they're going to, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to last. And, and I thought for sure we'd see some get lost during the COVID, but for some reason they keep hanging on. But um, but yeah, I can see where where other breweries might take offense to it. I would. Um, but but I also see the point where he recognized in himself, and maybe he should have, maybe they should have just mentioned that and put it all on themselves that that we noticed that our quality of beer wasn't up to what we thought we should be doing to to try to raise up the you know the 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 quality of it and we took we wanted to go ahead and try to make a world-class beer because we weren't doing it before maybe that's what he should have said and 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 that's and he kind of said that 
in the, the, the article, right? They weren't calling out that, that, you know, they weren't saying elevating everything in the area in the article. He said this in his rebuttal back to the world-class beer. We already have it here in Boise, which I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I think that there's some breweries that do a, a good job. And I think that if, and I'm going to go through what I think, if I were to have to classify world-class beer, how I would do it, I'm going to talk about that. Okay. And I don't think, I think there's some breweries here in the area that are on the road to that, but they've got a ways to go. And we'll just leave it at that because I'm going to explain myself in the next few paragraphs. <laughs> so, but hey, I'm okay with you uh, get, being upset because you're right. I think, I think it should have been more on the just sticking with what they want to do for their their own, you know, their own business. Right? We want to. Mm-hmm. We recognize that we weren't making world class beer. We want to change that and and just stick with that. And and I will say one more thing too is that I can also get I can I can see where I, I if I was a brewery in that in your area and I saw this come out, I'd be like, what the hell, man? Mm-hmm. But I can also see it on his side where he's like, you know what? We need to hold ourselves to a different standard. We mm-hmm. also need to uh, make sure that we can produce the best of what we can produce. And we need to be, you know, we need to make sure we are a step ahead or a, a step above yeah. everything else in yeah. order to be the best. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just giving an example, and this is a shameless, shameless self-plug. We were just recently voted (laughs) the best dog trainer in Tampa. I'm not that I'm proud or anything. Um, But, you know, if someone was to come out and go, hey, you know what? Dog training in Tampa, yeah, just there's nobody around that can do it Mm -hmm. like we can. I would never say anything like that. (laughs) Because it's not true, right? Yeah. Every, every... And I relate this to dog training because that's just that's my world anymore. I mean, I love to I always tell people, look, if it's not dog related, it's beer related. But I also look at it, too. On the flip side is that if someone was to say that, I'd be like, you're a pompous ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> why, yeah. why would you why would you even say that? Yeah, because there, I look at it in, in our world is like, look, there's enough enough clients. There's enough dogs for the dozens of training companies out there and our methods aren't going to be for everybody. I'm not going to be for everybody because I'm the person you meet when you come in to talk to us about dog training. Yeah. And I promise you that I am not for everybody. Yeah. Right. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, he said he expects the local community to hold us accountable. So guess what? I guarantee that if they start making some mistakes that the the word will be out and the, yeah. <laughs> and the community yeah. will hold them to it. All right. So uh, we asked the questions. Here's, here's the questions I, I had in my head. If you, you know, as far as what makes, you know, a, a world-class brewery. So I said, if you win a gold medal at the Great American Beer Festival or the World Beer Cup, does that make you a world-class brewery? a world-class brewer or a brewer of a world-class beer? Or at what point does a brewery become world-class? So these are the kind of questions that kind of I had rolling around in my head after I heard this whole world-class beer thing and read this article. So what makes a world-class brewery? Here's my take on what if I I sat down and I thought about what would make a world-class brewery to me. So to me, a world-class brewery goes beyond just the beer they make. They also have to show 
a commitment to the community, the craft beer industry, and the environment. A world-class brewery is not selfish. They are not out there focused on making bigger profits or expansion or just fame, right? They got to be more altruistic and and not just be out there to make money. So I mm-hmm. would not consider Anheuser-Busch, InBev, you know, Coors, Molson, Coors, and you know, those guys are all for money. They don't have the the beer and the craft, uh, you know, in mind when they're going out there and doing it. They're doing it because they want to make the profits. Uh, and and yeah, are they around the world and making you know, and, and their beers everywhere? And maybe some people would consider them world class, maybe. But you know what? It's not all just the beer, right? It's it's got to be more than that. And so those are some things that that you know I considered um, to be important in naming a world class brewery. Also, uh, I I started thinking a brewery becomes world class with experience over time showing that they never stop trying to master the art of brewing, of the brewing process. They continue to innovate. They continue to grow their knowledge and share this knowledge with fair, fellow brewers to raise the overall quality of the beers being produced in, you know, in their community and around the world, right? That's, that's what a world-class brewery would do. And, um, and that's important is that it takes time. I don't think a world-class brewery is any brewery that hasn't been around for less than 10 years, right? I think you got to be around for a while to learn and to master and to keep, you know, innovating and doing stuff. I might even say it might even take 20 years before you really could be considered a world-class brewery. I don't have a, a set number, but I guarantee it's not someone that has less than five years experience as a brewery. That's not a world-class brewery. That's just someone that's, that's seen a peak, but who knows if they can maintain that peak. It has to be someone that can maintain it over a long period of time shows them that, Hey, we're not a one hit wonder. We don't know how to just do one thing. We're, you know, we're good. We're good at this. And we've shown it over a a period of time. Mm -hmm. So those are a couple of things that, uh, um, that I thought. And one last thing before I get the mic to you, Chris, to to tell me what you think your world-class brewery is. A world-class brewery is not only revered by the industry experts, but also must stand out with the consumers of the product and extend outside the immediate community. A world-class brewery doesn't just brew a single style well. It can brew many styles at a world-class level. A world-class brewery must also brew award-winning beers year after year, showing the commitment to the standards of being world-class. So once again, if you're going to be a world-class brewer, brewery, you've got to be producing world-class beers. And in my opinion, you got to be producing world-class beers in more than just one style, right? You can't just be a one style wonder. You got to go ahead and, and, and show that you're diverse and then you, you can raise that up to the world class. So, okay, Chris, I've spoken enough. What do you think? What is your classification of what a world-class brewery would be? So I think it, there definitely has to be some time behind it. Uh, you, you're right. 10 years, 20 years. I, I, it's it's tough because like if you look at the actual definition of world class, mm-hmm. it just says of or among the best in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you could just win a world beer cup and be the one of the best, right? World yeah. class. <laughs> what, and and that's the tough part, right? Because I I read this definition and I automatically think 
of your love for top 10 lists. <laughs> and yeah, I, uh, hate, I hate top 10 lists. <laughs> yeah. Because, why? Because it's, it's subjective and it's, it is, it's absolutely to the person who wrote the article or mm-hmm. the person or the persons who they polled. Right. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there will ever be a, um, you know, a way to test what world-class really is. Mm-hmm without ha- or you know with having the just kind of the 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 person variable in in there mm-hmm. yeah so i don't know it's kind of tough yeah it's kind of tough to say um it could be a lot of things it could very it could very much be um you know just the awards that they win it could be the amount of time that they've been around but it could also be kind of the standards they set for their organization mm-hmm. yeah right yeah like uh if you look at an organization like the ritz carlton they are a world-class organization because of the the steps that they take to go above and beyond for for their customers for their for their guests mm-hmm. um I had a friend of mine who I went to culinary school with who tried to, who wanted to get into working with um, the Ritz Carlton. And he said, man, I I thought I knew what customer service was. Mm. This is, this is above and beyond anything I could ever imagine. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to say of of how you would classify something as world-class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it not be subjective or, or the term be relative. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, I found, uh, you know, I, I went to go visit this taps brewery cause you know what? Um, I wasn't familiar with taps down in Southern California. And mm-hmm. since this, uh, you know, this, uh, new director of, of brewing is from, you know, he spent time at taps and, and won many awards with him. I want to check him out. So I, I looked in, to their you know website and saw that yeah this these guys looked like you know they had a pretty good experience 20 years of experience uh, and they just wanted to make they wanted to make a change in craft beer back when they first started so chris uh, you want to go ahead and, and read off uh, uh what the motto of, of taps brewing is all right taps brewery has the motto written on the front of their website with a nod to the past and an eye on the future, we bravely brew an eclectic array of award-winning ales and lagers by expanding our boundaries and recognizing our strengths. We passionately strive to push the limits, pave the way of independent craft beer, and educate our greatest asset. You. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, hey, if you're going to if you're going to try to be a world-class operation, then you got to have, you know, some kind of, of goal and, and mod, you know, uh, I try and think of the worst not, uh, mantra, mantra, I guess, mm-hmm. to, to go and, and do what you do, right? You do this thing for a reason and they spell it out right here is that they look at what they did in the past and they bring it forward to the future and they know that they're, they can't just stay in the past, right? You got to keep looking forward and, and making the changes you need to, to keep you know, keep honing in your craft and making great beer after beer after beer, award-winning beers. And I love the fact that they want to also educate, you know, all their consumers. And, you know, that's, that's a key, right? Is that, you know, don't just be selfish, right? You know, you know, 
give, give, give and give and give and then you'll be rewarded is, uh, is what happens. So I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like that, uh, uh, that little mantra they had on their website. So I, I thought it would be cool to read that. No, and I like it too, especially because, you know, they, they want to, and that's a, that's a lot of nice fancy words all written together. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they personally didn't write that. No, and if they no. did, Good for them. Um, yeah, a PR but, a PR company wrote it. I'm yeah, sure. but but also too, if if they really believe in that, that's one of the things um, that I do think a well rounded and a world class organization would do is continually continually learning mm-hmm. on uh, learning about. Hey, look, we we yeah we can we can see the things that we've done in the past here's what we liked. Here's what we didn't yeah, like. Yeah. Uh, we do want to kind of plan for the future. And even if maybe it says, it says they bravely brew an eclectic array of award-winning styles, if they're going to put out some beers that, Hey, maybe you've nobody's ever heard of before, but we're willing to put it out there just so the public can try it. That kind of thing. It, that would, that would make them a world-class organization. Yeah. I, I would. Yeah, they're not scared. They're not scared to, I mean, they're not dogfish head that just brews a bunch of weird ass stuff that no one wants to drink. These guys are brewing stuff that you don't know you want to drink, but when you do drink it, it actually is good. So that's the, I guess that's the key, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> is the, is, is yeah. you don't want to be on one extreme. You want to be to the extreme, but you still want to make sure the beer is going to be enjoyed by your, your consumer. Yeah. All right. So world-class beer is a world-class beer. One that hits every point on the style with distinction. Does it have to stand as a representation of the style against any other beer? The famed English beer writer, Michael Jackson. Oh, is that what he's doing now? (laughs) Um, He says that the following, among other things, on what makes a great beer strength is not a measurement of quality. Wait a minute. Where did I lose off here? Okay, so strength yeah, is not a measurement of quality. Balance must always be achieved. After balance comes complexity. Each time the drinker raises a glass, new dimensions of aroma and palate should become apparent. That guy is definitely not the pop star. No, um, no. he's deep. He's deep. That's pretty deep. <laughs> that's what she said. Um, if a beer exhibits all of these more or less perfectly and consistently, Good luck with that. Yeah. And in addition, stands out by measure of its individuality among its, quote, style and or was the originator. Then he considers it world class. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, world class beer is not given lightly in the eyes of Michael Jackson, the the famed, (laughs) the famed English beer writer, Michael Jackson. I mean, Mm. I mean, a song about that. yeah, there's a, there's a lot to, I mean, you gotta do a lot to, to be claimed as a world-class beer. Well, my, I'm not, I'm not as lofty as that. I, my, here's where, here's where I come in for world-class beer. To me, a world-class beer is one that has been brewed to the highest quality, uses quality ingredients, and it has to resemble the style it claims to be of, right? Again, I, I'm following some of the same stuff that Michael Jackson does, but come on, if you're going to brew a beer and you're going to call it a cream ale, then you don't enter it into the hell's lager or, you know, some other weird 
entry to win awards. No, mm-hmm. if you're going to claim that that's a cream ale, you enter that sucker into a cream ale. And if it doesn't mm-hmm. win, it means it's not a cream ale. Don't, you know, don't be calling it something that's not, you know, I, I, I get frustrated with that. You know, all these things that they, you know, <laughs> these breweries call them one thing, but they enter them into contests as a Vienna lager instead of a, a cream ale, right? Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Those are two completely different styles. You cannot have a cream ale that's a Vienna lager. It just doesn't, doesn't work. So um, as Michael Jackson mentioned, balance is the key and being able to pull out the malt and hop flavors in order to discover the depth of the beer is also important. And once again, being recognized by your fellow brewers and the industry critics as an award-winning beer year after year solidifies that distinction. So to me, that's what world-class beer is, right? Is is uh, is is pretty simple, you know. You're using high quality. You're making a high quality beer. There's no flaws in it. You're using high quality ingredients, so you're not chintzing on how you're making it, and you're able to do this in a, in a follows the style you say it is. And you're doing this year after year and winning awards. Then it's got to be a world class beer. So it sounds like consistency is definitely yeah. one of the one of the yeah, big factors for sure. For sure. What about you, Chris? What is what do you think a world class beer in your mind? In in my mind, it would definitely consistent consistency would definitely have to be one of the big factors in mm-hmm. it. Um, but man, it's it's so hard to say though because you would look at it and you go, okay, well, like I said to you earlier, you know, we we are not for everybody. Yeah. If you can, I mean, you'd have to find that 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 magical recipe that, you know, everybody looks at and goes, Hey, you know what? I I could definitely get behind that. And the majority of everyone else would agree with you Mm -hmm. in our world at this point in time. Good luck with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I, I would imagine that kind of going back to that consistency would have to be one of them, but also to, um, the quality, right? Not, not, not cinching on quality going for the biggest and the best that you can get as far as quality goes, you know, buying the quality products Mm -hmm. and making a buying the quality ingredients to produce a quality product. I mean, that's just common sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's expensive though, right? That's the, that's the problem is is that the, the one thing I hear from brewers on most of these interviews I hear from all the different podcasts I've listened to is to brew the beers that they want to brew because of the fact they want to use the best ingredients, it doesn't always pan out because it's too expensive. And and sometimes they have to take, and because they got to stay in business, right? They can't, you know, they can't be spending that money and not making it back that they have to, you know, a lot of times they have to either brew the beer they want and then charge an outrageous amount for it, or they have to go ahead and give in a little bit and make it so they can actually sell it at a reasonable price so, so people will buy it, right? I mean, right. it's a it's a, a balance. Well, then, like Michael said, then you don't have, yeah, you, then you then don't it's not world class. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you, you've got to, there's a lot of different small little nuances that, that will point you in that direction. Mm-hmm. So yeah. little, small little adjustments will make the biggest difference in world class beer. Yeah. Man, I, I say that to all of our clients. Too. <laughs> Small little adjustments in your training will make some of the biggest differences with your dog. That's right. As, as it will with beer, apparently. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Let's finish this com- this uh, segment up. And it's really quick. World-class brewer. 
I, I, I mean, it's very simple in my terms. Uh, it's, as I mentioned, it's simple. A world-class brewer is one who has been brewing beer for a long time. I say no less than 10 years minimum. And over that time has produced several world-class beers and has helped make the breweries that he or she's worked at recognized as world-class breweries. So there you go. I mean, you got to have longevity. You've got to show that you can continue to help your brewery become world-class and then you become a world-class brewer. Mm-hmm. Any disagreements with that? None at all. Okay. None at all. Well, there we go. I, I think that was a fun, uh, you know, a fun, a fun topic, right? But has anything changed? No, because we just talked about world-class beer brewers and breweries. And this is the last time I'm going to think about it because I don't care about world-class. I just want to drink good beer. And yeah. if that good beer happens to be world-class in somebody's mind or in the world's mind, then I'm even happier because now I'm drinking world-class. But I'm definitely not seeking it out. And I really don't, I really don't care at this point as long as the beer is good. I would agree. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? Let's talk about good beer, Chris. Uh, Let's talk about our new and noteworthy beer. So why don't you go ahead and start us off? I see you don't have anything written down in the notes. I don't. What happened? I really don't. Um, (laughs) You know what? The beers that I did have, um, I. You said corporate ladder. You said corporate ladder and you're talking about exploding beers. All right. So I, all right. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. So we had, um, I did get to try an Oktoberfest from Corporate Ladder. It was called a 10 cent raise, mm-hmm. which I, I love the names that they're coming up with as far as the uh now I gotta look some stuff up real quick because I did not plan very well for this oh one. Oh my gosh. Hey, why don't you let's hear about you? Okay. Your, I I, uh, I do have a few. <laughs> I do have a few. While while you look up your beers, I'll go ahead and talk about mine because I had some very special beers. So yeah, I'll talk about the first one. Uh I got a beer from Sweden and it came to Boise at the Boise co-op. Amazing that we can get Amipolo here in Boise now. And this was their Moki. It's a fruited sour beer. And let's see, uh, on my untapped, I said straight up pineapple, mango, and passion fruit juice with a tart tingle and an alcoholic teaser. Super thick too. And I like it perfectly done. Uh, I gave this a four and a half cap rating. If there's one, one of the, one of the breweries that no matter, I don't think I've had a, a beer that I rated less than four and a half from mm-hmm. this brewery is Amipolo. I've had a few of those things. I thought I was getting them in Israel, but after talking to my buddy, Alex, he says, no, we don't get Amipolo in Israel. So I'm guessing I had it as I was, you know, traveling around maybe at airports and stuff. And maybe in, in New York uh, or in East coast, I maybe had some, but every Amipolo beer i've had and they're out of sweden so mm-hmm. uh johan uh johan halberg is uh able to get the, their stuff man it's, it's just been fantastic and this was no this was no different i mean as soon as i saw any polo on the shelf i didn't even, i don't care what the price is i just picked it up because i know i'm going to enjoy it and it's going to be a good a good beer maybe you know maybe they are world class in my in my book because it's it's one of those breweries that it doesn't matter what it is if i see that the beer, I just grab it. No, I'm I'm going to be happy and, and I'm not disappointed. So um, I'll, I'll say that. I think uh, those are, that's one of those breweries though. I want to call them like a gypsy brewery. No, 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 no. That's uh Mickler. 
Oh, I okay. I don't think Amipolo is gypsy. I think they they I think they brew out of so they, Go ahead. No, no. I I might be wrong, but I think they brew out of Sweden. Johan can hook us up with the So if you, you look know. at their website, they they do have contact information in Sweden, but they have USA offices in Brooklyn and Toronto. Okay. Well, so so maybe they in Toronto. Yeah, so maybe they have some uh yeah, they do some work in the states and 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 maybe some contract brewing places to brew their beers. I, I've gotten their stuff here. Yeah, I think I've gotten Amipolo when I've been in New York and on the East Coast. I think that's where I've 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 got their stuff. I need to go back and look in my Untapped and find out what locations or where I was. But I think that's probably where I where I've um, got their stuff. But mm-hmm. hey, good good stuff, good beer. Um, like I said, I'm always going to pick them up when I see it. Another. World Beer, uh, I know they do have a facility in Ohio, but uh, this didn't come from Ohio. This came from Scotland. Uh, Brewdog. And this is a Brewdog. Actually, you know what? Maybe it did come from Ohio because it's a Brewdog uh, collaboration with Cloudwater Brewing. And it's called Brewdog versus Cloudwater. And it's a New England IPA. And I'll tell you what. Uh, this beer was fantastic. Again, Brewdog, for the most part, uh, they brew beers that I really, really enjoy. Uh, I have been disappointed with a couple of the beers they've had, but man, for the most part, they really do some good stuff. And now I'm trying to find my check into this one because, of course, it's up here in the... Okay, so what I said in Untapped here, really well done New England-style IPA from Brewdog and delivered to me by my buddy, Alex Fuchs. Yes, Alex came into town from uh, Israel. And he spent a week here, and uh, we did go out and hit the breweries here locally. So it's nice to go back out and and uh, you know hit some of the local breweries and drink on site and enjoy some beers. Um, it's got mango tropical fruit flavor with a creamy body and vanilla cream flavor as well. It's very tasty, and I gave this one a four and a half cap rating. I really enjoyed this beer. It's it's a you know it really had some great hazy. Uh, New England style character to it. And I drank it down pretty fast. I really liked it. The next beer is a local beer. Um, and it's one of the breweries we visited uh, when uh, Alex was here. And the beer is, it's Barbarian Brewing. And it's the Tuscan Pear Sour. And I'll tell you what, this is probably one of the best sours I've had recently. Uh, this and the next one I'm going to talk about, both were really good. Uh, this one I said, damn, this is awesome. Sounds or nice, subtle pear and ginger up front with a touch of tartness, finishing semi-sweet and makes me want to keep drinking it. It's very refreshing. And I gave this a four and a half cap rating. And um, yeah, this was done really well. Uh, I'm just going to, you know, we, we just talked about, you know, breweries that, that can, you know, nail things and, and, and do things really, really well. Uh, and then at times they you get something and it's just not you know as good. I think Barbarian she really in the backyard. really oh, does no. <laughs> in the backyard. Sarah's feeding the damn stray cat. That's what's happening. She's pissing okay. me off. <laughs> but uh, uh, but um, they do innovate, right? They try to do things different. They're not doing this, you know. They're trying not to do the same things everyone else is doing. And when you do that. There's going to be times when things really work and when things don't work. So, uh, you know, I'll just ha- I'll just say that that sometimes things work and sometimes don't. If you look at my untapped ratings, you'll see that 
you know, I had 12 different beers samples and mm -hmm. there's only a few that I rated pretty high because I thought they did a really good job. And the other ones were just like, you know, just not feeling it. Right. They just didn't, it just didn't stand out. And, and, uh, you know, again, that's my opinion. Uh, but, but yeah, if it was world-class, though, everyone would stand out, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the last beer I'm going to talk about, another sour. And I got to go scroll down to this one because I got to get past all the other ones. Uh, this is from Shades Brewing. And Shades Brewing is out of Utah. It's a Utah brewery. And this is actually the first, I think, the first beer I've had from Shades. I've seen them around, but I, I haven't. They do a lot of sours. And I haven't, I'm not able to drink a lot of sours because it, it just, uh, gets my stomach acid too worked up and I, yeah. I have issues with that. So, um, but this week, for some reason, I just want to drink a lot of sours. Uh, this is called boysenberry pie. It's like, again, a fruit is sour. And what I wrote on untapped here is wow. Awesome job capturing the fruit and tartness up front with the graham cracker flavor in the finish. Uh, really enjoying this one. And I'll tell you what, this, this beer was done really, really well. And it did taste like you're eating a boysenberry filled pie in a graham cracker crust. I mean, sure. it had that thick uh, boysenberry and a little bit of tartness, but not too tart. And then, you ha like I said, it kind of goes into a little bit of the sweetness of the graham cracker. And the, and the finish just kind of gives you that little graham cracker wheat uh, character. I guess it's wheat, right? Graham crackers are wheat, yeah. I think, right? But it gives you that, that, that kind of uh, toffee graham cracker finish. And man, Really well done. Four and a quarter rating for me on that one. So if you can get shades, boysenberry pie, sour, uh, grab it. All right, Chris, I see that uh, you still don't have anything written down. Are you ready? Okay, to so talk I, about I didn't write anything, okay. but I'm I'm just gonna take it off the off the pages that I have. Up. Okay. So as far as new and noteworthy beers, I'm gonna the only one I'm gonna be able to talk about is going to be the ten cent raise from Corporate Ladder Brewing which was was an Oktoberfest. Okay, I'll put it in there. 10 cent raise. Yep. Um, <laughs> which was, um, I believe I gave it a four cap rating if you're going to fill in that stuff for me. Uh, it's okay. um, so, and, and it was just a nice, just solid Oktoberfest or Martin style beer that the environment didn't hurt yeah. the beer either because okay. um, Friday out of just kind of a luck of the draw, my two appointments that I had canceled. Oh, so I had the early whole weekend day off. Yeah. Not only was it that, but the weather was absolutely spectacular. So mm. it was sitting at about 83 degrees ish. Uh, it was super sunny, not a cloud in the sky. It wasn't humid. Um, cause we did, we had a, uh, a cold front that had passed through like Wednesday. So, the temperature was kind of on the rise coming into the weekend. Anyway, I uh, I was able to get down to Corporate Ladder because they had a bottle release um, on Friday that started at 11 a.m. And I was like, well, I'm able to meet their demands of due to our extreme need for cooler space, we are requiring <laughs> that you pick these beers up this weekend. If you fail to do so, we will refund your order. Oh, wow. So, I placed the order, headed down there, got a beer. I also had my dog Cajun with me. So next to Corporate Ladder, there's a giant field. Mm -hmm. And I happen to have in my van, my work van, what's called a chucket. For those of you who don't know what a chucket it is, it's basically an arm 
that can hold a tennis ball that helps you throw a tennis ball a lot longer mm. and a lot further than just your just the muscles and the and the react and the and the motion from your arm. So I can throw a ball for him all day long and I don't really have to do a whole lot. So I got a beer. Uh, I also picked up the bottles that I order, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and then sat out in that field and just tossed that ball for him while I drank that entire glass of 10 cent rays and enjoyed every single drop of it. I nice. didn't have to, and didn't, you know, and, and it's weird to say, but in here in October, we still sweat our faces off because <laughs> it's a little warm, but it was really kind of, uh, kind of interesting to, uh, see these bottles that, um, that I was able to pick up because Denny, I'm going to text you a picture of them because they are rather interesting. They <laughs> are, they're clear bottles. Uh-oh. Um, I was only able to get two of the, well, in this picture I'm sending you, there's four, but, uh, two of, two of the three clear bottles that are not only are, Hey, hey, you got it. Um, not only are they clear bottles, but they're also wax dipped caps too. Um, so the first one that I got was the rye whiskey barrel aged, and I don't, I can't say this word, Halakulani, um, which was, let's scroll down here, features lemon, pineapple, orange, and a hint of grenadine. It was an absolute ton of spirit, uh, an absolute ton of spirit shines through. So it was aged in rye whiskey barrels. Um, A ton of spirit shines through, and this beer drinks like a whiskey sour with some more citrus, as Mm. one might expect from a tiki cocktail. Nice. Um, So they did a series of, beers um they they've done a couple of a a series of beers based on kind of tiki style drinks and they put them in barrels and this is their releasing of those of those beers the second one that i got was their gin barrel aged uh saturn which it says is the most unique of these three cocktail inspired beers leaning heavily on spice and botanicals. This beer features homemade falernum, which mm. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, homemade or I don't know what that is either. Homemade, <laughs> homemade, homemade or jeet, which I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, passion fruit and lemon. The gin plays nicely with the spices from the falernum with pleasant tartness from the lemon. So these are barrel aged beers. One was aged in gin barrels. The other was aged in rye whiskey barrels. And it's kind of, they've, I've heard the word smoothie mm-hmm. when it comes to these beers. And um, when you go to their website to order them, it says um, it is recommended that you bring a cooler with you. And this is just kind of paraphrasing, but it's recommended that you bring a cooler with you. Uh, to store these cold as best as you possibly can Hmm. because um, I do believe that it uh, I they had a couple of beers recently that was so heavy on the fruit that they did explode yeah Yeah. so um, so falernum is either a syrup liqueur or a non-alcoholic syrup from the Caribbean best known for its use in tropical drinks contains flavor of ginger lime and almond Oh. And often cloves and allspice. Oh, wow. Okay, so I'm, I'm even more excited about that now. Yeah. Um, and then what was the other word? Or, or jeet? 
O-R-G-E-A-T. So let's see what that comes up as. But I was, oh, there's a, on on Google, it says Falernum versus Orgeet. Uh, Orgeet, Falernum is a sweet sir. Okay, so it's pretty much the same thing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm going to go with, it's kind of one and the same, but slightly different. Okay. But it's a... Uh, guess kind of uh an ingredient used in certain kind of tiki drinks uh tropical drinks like mai tais and stuff like that um but yeah i'm gonna i'll look into that here in a little bit so fal falernum is kind of a variant of that orgeet okay adds a little bit more spices to it than the orgeet yeah let's go with that if i'm wrong somebody correct me yeah (laughs) hey i never heard of them so and you never heard of them that's two people but anyway, they had uh, two beers. They had the the the, the two beers, the rye whiskey barrel aged uh, beer, and then the, the gin barrel aged beer. That I got a bottle of each. Um, that I was, I, I'm really interested to try. I, I I almost had one tonight. Well, you better drink them quick before they blow up. And I was like, no. I well, they're in my beer fridge, so we're we're good to go for that. But. Uh, Let's let's go ahead and uh, let's call it a show because uh, obviously we're okay. having some internet problems and I don't know how much we're going to get or not get. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, and uh, raise our glass to some people who like to raise a glass to. So Chris, who would you like to raise a glass to tonight? I'm going to go big on this toast. Um, like I mentioned earlier, we have to raise a huge glass to not only um, our friends, our family, but the city of Tampa in general. Ooh. For a couple of reasons. One, the Lightning have won the Stanley Cup. Oh, oh wow. Tom Joseph's going to be pissed, right? <laughs> Actually, no. He backed me up and said, hey, congratulations. You guys earned it. So he wasn't pissed. He was actually uh, ex- extremely... Uh, I don't even know what the word is. <laughs> uh, but he was extremely cordial about it. So... Uh, I think along the lines of just as long as the Penguins don't win, okay. I think most people will back me up. Okay, so, that's that's Tom. That's Tom Burns' team, I think. Oh, sorry, Tom. Hey, we we, we got to have keep it all in the family. We got to be all happy for each other. <laughs> yeah. So look, one just like a world class organization, you can't be everything for everybody. That's true. Um, and then so we want to raise a glass to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Cheers to you guys. Uh, Congratulations on bringing the Stanley Cup home. And two, uh, we still have to cheers the city of Tampa friends, family, because like I mentioned earlier, uh, Megan and I and our entire staff, we were rated the number one or the top or the best dog training company in Tampa. Um, and we are super excited about that. No, that's great. So, that's great. So I'm, ch- I'm excited, too. I guess my votes helped. Well, we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. And. and and uh so so thank you to everyone who voted for us um it was it was a long struggle and and it makes it even better because we beat a previous sit mean sit trainer Ooh. who who decided to go out on her own be shady and uh stole clients from from the previous owner of this location oh. so he wow. was the first person I texted and said, "Hey, look, we beat her. Oh, we right. did it." Yeah. <laughs> so oh, cheers, cheers to them. Yeah, cheers. All right. 
All right, Denny, what about you? Who would you like to raise a glass to? All right. Well, I'm going to raise my first glass up to one of our Patreon uh, contributors. Uh, I'll raise my glass to uh, Johan Halberg. Thank you, Johan, for your support and cheers to you. And then I also got to raise my glass to my buddy, Alex Fuchs. Uh, He came over here to do some work. First time he's traveled since COVID. Oh, wow. Uh, My company looks like my company is starting to open up a little bit of the travel. I'm still not probably going to travel this year, which is okay by me, but he uh, flew in and, and uh, he had to be He had to be here for two weeks before he can go do some work he needed to do. So he spent one week here with me and we got to go out and, and visit some breweries and had some good time. And it's always good to spend time with him. He's a good friend. And he brought me a number of beers from Israel, including that, that uh, brew dog, collaboration beer that i already spoke about so uh, awesome. thank you yeah so cheers to alex and of course being a former serviceman i always want to raise my glass and thank all those who have served and who are currently serving in the u.s military services protecting our freedoms thank you for your service cheers to you and please return home safely to your families very soon and chris why don't you go ahead and uh, give a toast to our sponsor Sure. At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality, they screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Go and visit their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020 to receive 15% off full-priced items. All right. You can find the beers and links to the article mentioned in the show notes on the show notes located on our show post at tapthecraft.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you? So you can find me uh, never on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82. I think that's just going to be a trend. Yeah. Um, uh, Hardly ever use Twitter, but Chris underscore McKenzie 82, or you can find me on untapped and Instagram at MCK one, three, four, five. And of course you can find us always on all things tap the craft on all of our social media. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, everything's at tap the craft guys. All right. It is last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. We ask you to please tell a friend. And of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, CastBox, Podbean, or Spotify, or however you listen to your podcast. As a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. we did it we certainly did we did it and i didn't even piss myself yet hey it's a good day for you that's you amazing yeah we've been sitting here for two hours and i ha- <laughs> haven't gone to the bathroom yet uh it's amazing it's a good day it's yeah. a good monday it's a, it's a good day it's a good day that's right all right chris uh let's get the conversation started with the untapped the <laughs> really <laughs> man i am like really blowing it tonight okay let me try it again are you there chris 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 actually is what an orgy is like an almond syrup okay man
Am I, I still? Am I back? Yeah, you're back. I lost you for a second. Oh, okay. What did you hear me say last? You were just getting ready to talk about. Um, well, you just started talking about your description. We just finished with. I heard you okay. finish the description. So the the last thing I saw that I read was that uh, or I get orgeet or yeah. orgeet as uh, a is a sweet syrup traditionally made with sweet almonds. Um, okay. Oh, I see. I'm. De- I think that's going to be one of the beers, if not both of them. Oh damn! I lost you again, Chris. Chris, that we do some videos of, so we can throw it on our YouTube channel. And can you? Okay. Can you? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Am I back? <laughs> yeah, I don't so know. What, I think those I are. I don't know what's going on with that because uh, um, the only person using the internet would be Megan in our house right now, and she's sitting next to me on the phone. Oh, so I, I, don't, I don't know. know. It might be me. It might be Sarah. Okay. Sorry, but yeah, you were you were saying uh, something. I think at the end you were saying you'll be doing something with the YouTube video with these beers. Be good. I'd like to see some YouTube of them. Oh crap! I lost you again, Chris. <laughs> yeah. So I think those are two beers now. How about now? Can you hear me now? This is like a complete re. We just redid the same thing we just did. At the say, I can hear you now. I say something. Chris, gosh, dang it! Are we gonna make it through this damn show, Chris? All right, all right can you oh, hear me now? Now I can hear you. Okay, now I can hear you. So I'm now. How about now? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I know it's not on my side because everything's flowing on on my end. Just okay. Hold on to me. I just lost you again. Damn it! Let me see if I can uh, amp up my internet. Fine. I want to get some videos together on our YouTube channel. These two beers. <laughs> now can you hear me at all now chris are you got a recording on no i certainly don't i mean you're not recording because every time you cut back in it's the same thing you're saying it's like you're you're playing back a recording well i can't wait for the blooper reel on it oh my gosh because every time you say you can't hear me i'm trying to reiterate what i was saying prior to that's the what i'm thinking initial cutout. yeah okay.